In 2007, I received the December issue of Paste Magazine, which came with a CD sampler that featured a song titled The Cornflake Song by Dick Prawl. I became obsessed with the song and its clever hook regarding breakfast cereal. And that's the one thing that I love about Dick Prawl's songwriting, is that he's able to work in modern vocabulary of words like cornflakes, or voicemail, or text messaging. But that song led me to all of his albums and his current project, Dickie. And ever since, has been one of my favorite bands. Welcome to All Your Favorite Bands. I'm your host, Jeff Lamort. On this edition, I talk with Dick Prawl and Christina Priceman of Dickie. They discuss the bands and the artists that have influenced them, and the ideas behind their debut album. But we start with their earliest musical memories. Well, there's two little things I'll say. Is that one, it was definitely the Beatles when I was very young, because I remember singing just along to whatever was happening. And my fa- my family were huge Beatles fans. Uh, all my brothers and sisters were. Um, and so I remember like just singing along to uh, random Beatles songs. But then I also, one of my first musical memories was having, I think it was the Meet the Beatles album in my hand. And I thought they were my cousins. One of my sisters talked about them so much. Like, yeah, because yeah. she referred to them as John, Paul, George, yeah. and Ringo. And like, you know, John's taller than Paul, and like all, you know, all these things you would know of somebody if you had a personal relationship with them. So I literally, probably until I was about seven, thought they were my cousins. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> when I was a kid, my dad told me that he grew up with Dr. Seuss. And so I thought he knew Dr. Seuss. <laughs> and I would tell everybody I knew. I was like, my dad knew Dr. Seuss. But all he meant was that he grew up reading them too. <laughs> oh so there was that. Anyway, I grew up listening to whatever was playing in the house. I was the youngest, and my brothers were always blasting something, or my parents were. And uh, from day one, I was dragged to Suzuki violin and cello lessons that my brothers were going to, and I would just had to go because they couldn't leave me home alone. <laughs> so um, my musical background was more like classical and, you know, maybe some Al Green and Beatles and Deo Me Say Deo. <laughs> James Taylor in the house. Nice. So, like, what was your first experience with, like, an artist or a band, though, where you were like, this is my favorite, I love them? I loved the band. The band? I loved Levon Helm. He was awesome. my hero. Uh, never got to see him perform live. Never saw the band, obviously, but I think I saw the last waltz, and I was like, "I'm oh, in." Oh, that's great! Yeah, yeah. So. We heard "Rag Mama Rag" on the way here. Oh, nice. right yeah. yeah, it's great. How about you, Dick? Uh, I mean, go it always goes back to the Beatles. I mean, it just you know, I, th- I think they're a great band for uh, for a million reasons, but I think for you know a young kid hearing like "Twist and Shout" and "I Want to Hold Your Hand," it was like those are really easy poppy songs yeah. and then you know getting into as I got older I got more into you know the White Album and Sgt. Pepper's and Abbey Road and all that kind of stuff and so I kind of felt like even though it had I was born deep into their career to actually towards the end of their career um, you know I still grew up with them I grew up with their catalog uh, Buddy Holly really hit me like something about when I first heard I was over at a friend's house I was probably eight or nine years old and here, they had this you know, again an album and it was this face of this kind of, you know, not like a rock star looking guy. He looked like maybe, a, you know, he was 
CPA or <laughs> a young accountant or something. You know, with those glasses and that smile and that, yeah. that dark curly hair. and suit. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. And uh, we put it on and it was just, it was awesome. You know, the very first song I ever wrote, it was for, I was in second or third grade. It was a thing in music class that we had to come up with a song. And I... Wrote, co-wrote a song with a, a, a buddy of mine, Scott Fell. I'll never forget it. And it was a instead of Peggy Sue, it was called Cindy Lou. <laughs> and it was really just basically a ripoff of Peggy Sue. So you're yes. just covering it essentially. It was yeah. like I mean, it was like the the lyric was like, I met a girl named Cindy Lou. I said to her, Oh, I love you. And then the, and then the hook was bow 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 bow. I'll never forget that. So oh, yeah, great. that was my first performance and first song I ever wrote. I think that's I was awesome. yeah, I was like seven. And hooked ever since. Hooked ever since. I love Buddy Holly and you know, super tragedy. He was you know twenty two I believe when he he passed away and he had done you know already done amazing things. He was writing his own music and obviously that inspired folks like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones to yeah. not just play other people's music or you know or play the you know the. The, the art, the rhythm and blues that they were hearing from the states. You yeah. know, they were they started writing their own thing. Like we can do this. So the that, Beatles covered Buddy Holly. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And you have a reference to the Beatles on Forty Five. Yes. Yeah, and that's that. That song Forty Five is kind of after my um, my mom passed away. Um, my stepfather, as you know, they're very very quick, just a few weeks apart from one another. Um, it was a you know pretty tragic time in in my family's history we, we lost our father very young and that's why the Beatles were always playing in the house because my mom had to go to work and it was you know there were six of us and we kind of ran the house and we always played the Beatles and so I was trying to kind of capture that as just kind of like I don't know my 45 years on the planet and how I viewed my family and so it's it really starts out with you know when my mom was pregnant with me and that's when she my father was diagnosed with cancer when when she was pregnant with me and then four years later he he did pass away, and I had a brother who passed away two years before that. So it was like trying to take 45 years of my life at that point and like boil it down into you know my family experience within you know three or four, five minutes, however long that's on. Let's talk about your debut album, essentially. Yes, it's a very personal record lyrically. So like, what Absolutely. what made you go to that route of writing songs in that style? Well, when I knew I was going to write a record, I was, you know, during that time I was uh, working with Wilco as their tour manager, and, and I knew, like, we were done basically in September at that point. We had a few more shows, and I was going to take September and just start writing, and I wanted to write this kind of more, I won't say, like, more upbeat, but just kind of, um, I don't know, something different, you know, not, not maybe as dark as I'd done in the past or whatever, and so I had this idea, and then, obviously, those, you know, my, my parents passed, and it was... You know, it took its blow, and I. It was just a purging, really. It was just basically kind of a. It's almost like a journal, to some extent, about what I was thinking and feeling, at the time, and I think that's why you know the record is reflective of that. And then, I met Christina literally right after my my parents passed away. It was it was within probably three weeks. The first time we met briefly, and then um, just a couple of months later we ended up hanging out at this Thanksgiving party thing for get off the couch mm -hmm. um, Chicago and it was all timing you know and it was you know I was it was a very obviously very depressing and somber time and pretty dark um, and I'm you know I love strings you've heard it obviously in past 
in past records, but we just hit it off as people. And then at first it was going to be like, hey, let's work together. But we just hit it off as people so well and musically so well. It just be, it morphed into like, let's not just do like another Dick Prawl record. Let's make our record. And that's really, I think, a reflection of what I was going through and then Christina coming in and just putting this soundtrack to it mm -hmm. in her way that, that, you know, it's the most proud that I am of any record because it's very reflective of the songs themselves yeah. without like, just like, here's the songs, here's the production we're going to put on top of them, kick it out. It was, I don't know, it was a good marriage in that regard. Oh, it's a fantastic record. Well, thank you. I mean, you could definitely call it your best. Well, thank you. And awesome. Christina, you're like front and center. I think in a lot of the songs, like I, I love satellites. Thank you. So how do you yeah. go about writing those parts? Satellites was really, I think, the first that he showed me that I took home and then came back to him, and I was like, "This is what I'm going to do on this song." <laughs> <laughs> and I think, like some of the other ones, I, I think for Gold was another one that was early on, mm -hmm. maybe Back to the Moon, but definitely Satellites. So I, I tend to take a song, then take it home, listen to it when I do the dishes or go for a run or something, and then ideas start to come to me, and then I get my violin out, and then, you know, go from there. But with Satellites, it was, like, very clear. What was nice was I came, I remember going to Dick's house, and I was like, this is what I hear here. I'm not sure. And, you know, I've just met him. He gave me the song, but didn't really, like, give me any of his ideas, and... I don't know what if he, he could hate it, which is fine. I was like, this is what I hear. And instantly he was like, yeah, that's awesome. Do that. And so then we just kept going with the record that way. I mean, once we got in the studio in Cedar Rapids with Tim King, we realized like the three of us together were such a good team at coming up with parts and everyone, you know, listened to each other's ideas and yeah, some of the ideas on there were me. Some of them were Dick, some of them were Tim King. But um, the strings are so layered that no matter who came up with the initial idea, everyone had a hand in like the rest of it because it wasn't just one violin line. There were yeah. like six tracks on, six parts going on at the same time in a lot of these songs, whether you hear them all or not. Yeah, it's beautifully produced. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, and thank you, Tim King. So when you're when you're writing, do you listen to other music in that process, or do you kind of just like turn everything off and, and focus in on, on your music? Yeah, I don't really listen to you know anybody else. Like a, it, it's not like a it's not a purposeful thing. It's not mm -hmm. like I don't listen to anybody. I, I just listen to kind of whatever I listen to. Yeah. So there's nothing in really in particular that I listen to before this before this record. I was listening to. I actually was listening to Lord a lot. I just thought it was brilliant record and how sparse and and beautiful and you know it's dark but it's you know it still had made you want to move um yeah. so it's just things like that and i try you know i try not to listen to i, I really probably don't listen to things that really sound like my stuff very often i guess which is you know i don't know if that's good or well, bad like, yeah lord would be a good example then yeah yeah, yeah something that's not like and i started to when we did we just did a day trotter session and and my daughter exposed me to that Alessia Cara song here. Um, it's just a pop song from. It's a, I think she was 17 when she recorded it. This Canadian artist, and it's this great, just cool song. You know, it's just synth and you know drum loops and beautiful vocals. She played it for me last summer, and we we've been covering it. Um, 
and I love that, you know. I, I think I've gotten more into like, you know, beats and things of that nature. Okay. Just, you know, I've, I've kind of spent a lot of time in that, like, and not necessarily on purpose, but in that singer-songwriter world or the old country world or like yeah. these things that I've never, you know, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just not necessarily associating yourself. Yeah, with them? Or, yeah. or even comfortable in those worlds and I'm not saying I'm a hip hop artist either I just like I don't I've never been good with wanting to be attached myself to any genre yeah, yeah. Or, or even like a group of people you know what I mean I don't I don't accessorize my self by who I hang out with or what I do you know it's yeah. a, I have a fairly eclectic group of friends and I have a very eclectic taste in music and I think it's just all of it just kind of influences me really going off that I know one of your influences is Elvis Costello and that's another guy that you can't really pin down on a genre. Right. And in some of your songs past, I've definitely noticed, like, oh, that sounds like Elvis Costello. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, he's just, he's a great songwriter, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't pin himself to one thing. And uh, I think he's one of the, you know, few artists kind of still today who, who he diversifies what he does. I mean, the Beatles are that. I mean, when you, again, going back to the Beatles, what was great about the Beatles, which doesn't seem to be so great anymore, is that it's the same band that did Twist and Shout did Helter Skelter, did Do Prudence, did I'm Only Sleeping, you know, did Strawberry Fields. Like, each of those songs spawned a genre of music, you know, in, in some way, shape, or form. And I feel a lot today is that it's, like, diversity somehow is isn't a good thing because yeah. people are trying to establish a brand and a vibe and like well we look like this and so we want to sound like this and but and if we already sounded like this then our next record can't go too far from that because if it does then where are we going to be the, who are we then? right and then we're going to be somebody else and and i think throughout my you know catalog of music if you will i, I hope no record sounds the same and and certainly this has been a really big leap away and neither Christina and I are, you know, are are dedicated to like let's let's continue to do that. You know, yeah. I mean, we may there's going to be threads of similarities between the two records because of the two people that are working. On it. But you know, I, I want to take another hard left and, and try something else. And that to me is what's fun. That's also probably what we're not you know, playing yeah. the Grammys. But <laughs> um, that's that's to me what music is. Is, is to be different, you know, and not on purpose, but but because that's what you are. That's one of the toughest things from an artist standpoint, where you can do the same thing, and then you, even though you're trying to establish that brand or that sound, then people are going to say, well, it sounded like the last record, or it's not as good as the last record, but right. it sounds are the same. And then you do something different, and they're like, this sounds completely different, you lose fans, like, I don't know yeah. why they, they're trying this now, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and you know, and this again, this is not this. I'm not the smartest person when it comes to business and marketing and those kind of things. Um, I guess I don't, and I don't mean this meanly. I don't, I don't ever write for like the fans yeah. or like for. And I, and I think, but that's what's great about the people that have supported me throughout the years is, I think most of them have stuck around, you know. And if someone just liked this one thing and that's what I did, then. That's fine. Yeah. And, you that's know, not really and, who you wanted. Anyway. Yeah, and we, yeah, and we lost out on you know. Oh, I wish you would do this. It's like, well, I don't. You know, I'm not the same person I was you know a year ago. So and you want to be authentic. Is. So doing what you think other people want is if that's not really you, then like who are you pleasing? And 
what it, then it goes back to like what why are you making art you know yeah and are you making art at that are point? you yeah but you know that's yeah. a whole other topic <laughs> well, you, you know, it got they, real dark artists do that all the time yeah. just phoning it in yeah, yeah absolutely you know and it's it's and, and people like Elvis Costello don't Tom Waits doesn't like yeah. you know I love Tom Waits you know people who are just you know they've made their mark and made their name and they're not necessarily I mean there's a lot of people who've never heard a Tom Waits song there's a lot yeah. of people who haven't heard an Elvis Costello song you know and that's I'm sure that's just fine with them because they are they're they're concerned about making what pleases them and what they're proud of Tom Waits is awesome because he does whatever he wants I read this article once like when I was really getting into him and it was they interviewed someone that was touring with him and the guy was like man this guy drives me crazy sometimes he'll just pull over he'll make the bus stop so he can bang on a sign on the side of the road like he's just always looking for sounds you know but if you listen to his stuff it's like that makes sense yeah he's got I hear that yeah. sign being banged on I hear all of that <laughs> yeah. I think that was off of I-80 <laughs> Well, that's it. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. Always good to see you. My thanks to Dick Prawl and Christina Priceman. And for more information on their band, Dickie, visit dickiemusic.com. For more editions of All Your Favorite Bands, the podcast, go to soundcloud.com slash A-Y-F-B podcast. And that's all one word. Until next time, I'm Jeff Lamort. Thanks for listening.